Good morning, everyone. We are uh, continuing our series called City on a Hill, uh, looking at how we can be God colours in this world. What does it look like to be lights that shine in this city for Jesus for such a time as this? And uh, we've looked at a number of different things, such as generosity, availability, courage, integrity. And this morning, and I feel it's a real word just now for us as a church family and for anyone who's tuning in this morning, the importance as we dip back into new restrictions, as it seems to be one step forward and two steps back, is the need for simplicity, is the need for taking one step at a time, one step after another, each day as it comes, living for Jesus. But also in the mix of that, to remember who he is, to remember uh, what he does and to remember what he's done in us. So uh, what does it look like? What does it look like to live in light of simplicity in this season? Uh, when it comes to keeping it simple, uh, Mary and I, before we had kids, we loved to cook for each other. And we bought a book 10 years ago called Jamie's 30 Minute Meals. I'm not, this is not a YouTube ad, I'm not on commission, it isn't sponsored, but uh, we bought this book with the hope that uh, we would be able to make things simple, make great meals, nice food, nice date nights, and have a good time. So we bought this book, three things, basically it didn't, it wasn't simpler. First thing, the ingredients, some of the ingredients in here it was like a, a challenge on The Apprentice to go around the city to find shops that sold the ingredients. Secondly, the ingredients were really expensive. Little bottles and jars of things that we used once and cost us like seven quid. Thirdly, it wasn't 30 minute meals. Our first meal took an hour and 15 minutes to make. So uh, it sounds like, like a negative review of the book. But anyway, we learned that I actually didn't make things simpler. Though the meals were really nice and we really loved this book, uh, <laughs> we used to write little reviews in the book uh, after we cooked each of the recipes like love that chicken was beautiful and uh, I love you so much and oh and we're really honest as well the pastry was a bit soggy but I love you all the same uh, we're not, not going to read out the reviews but that's what we used to do before we had kids and yeah it did make things simpler we are a culture that is longing for simplicity to make things simpler and often I feel in that pursuit it can have the absolute opposite effect. I, I quite like gadgets, I quite like tech, uh, they don't call me techie Tommy for no reason but in the mix of all that I pine for 15 even 10 years ago when things seemed a lot simpler and connection wasn't as full on. Steve Jobs, one of the Apple founders, he said this many years ago one of my mantras has been simplicity. Simple can be harder than complex. You have to work hard to get your thinking clean to make it simple. But it's worth it in the end because once you do, you can move mountains. Uh, Karl Barth, who was a Swiss theologian, uh, was asked by a, a church uh, to summarise his theological books, all the, all the writings he had made. And he reflected on a song that he learned in Sunday school. What a friend, I, uh, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. This morning I want to look at 1 Corinthians. I want to look at, uh, it's one of many letters that were written to churches at that time by a man called Paul, who was used mightily by Jesus. And I want to look at a couple of these verses and uh, 
and to reflect on a call to simplicity in living for Jesus. So 1 Corinthians 15, if you don't have a Bible, email us. We'd love to send you a Bible as a gift from us. But here's the verses that we're going to look at. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you have received and on which you've taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and uh, he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And the last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach and this is what you believed. Amen. We thank you for God's word and for uh, what we're going to look to draw out of it this morning. So firstly, I want us to remember Jesus. Wonderful Jesus, beautiful Jesus. The beautiful, simple, powerful truths of the gospel that uh, we're not to forget. Sorry, I'm just fix fixing my wee stand. Oh, I've just broken my stand. <laughs> Brilliant. Let me just... We're not to forget the truths of the gospel. God sent his son for you and for me. Let me just fix this. This is real life, folks. This is real life. There we go. Get it nice and high. There we go. God sent his son for you and for me to take the sin of the world upon him. He died for us. He rose again for you and for me. He defeated sin and we are redeemed. He forgives and forgets the rubbish. He pulls us back up. He crowns us. He values us. He loves us. He provides for us. He's our protector. We have a, a purpose in light of what he's done. We have a hope and a future in light of what he's done. I need him every single morning. Every single day I need Jesus in my life. In this season I need him more than ever. Because I'm a, a wreck without him. I'm useless without him. When I try to conjure up myself, when I try to go solo, when I try to uh, live in my strength, I end up complicating things. I end up burning out. In this season, I need him. To be set apart, to be a light, to be God colours in this world, we've got to keep it simple just now. And we've got to remember Jesus. We've got to battle for that, especially just now. We've got to anchor ourselves in him and the truths that he shares and the hope that he brings to us that we are to carry. We're to remember the power of the gospel. We're to remember the saving grace of God that he has us in his grip in this season and he will not let go. He will not falter. Although everything around us may seem unsettling, although the ground may seem like it's shaking or it is shaking, the Lord stands firm in this season and we are to remember Jesus 
We are to remember that Jesus is with us. We are to remember that we have his spirit in us. He is over all things. Let's not overcomplicate it. I want to ask us, are we spending time with Jesus? I think for some of us, God is calling us to a new season of simplicity and time spent with him. Just to take the time, just to rubber stamp the non-negotiables in our weeks with him. As we enter into new restrictions, as we enter into the winter months, which for many of us are tough as it is. Forget a global pandemic in the mix. To get back to just singing simple love songs to Jesus. Oh no, you never let go. Through the calm and through the storm. Oh no, you never let go. In every high and every low. Oh no, you never let go. You never let go of me. I can see a light that is coming for a heart that holds on. There will be an end to these troubles. But until that day comes, still I will praise you. Still I will praise you. Yes, we hold true to those songs. We sing simple songs of love to Jesus. We remember who he is in this season. I wasn't going to sing it there. Nobody would want that. YouTube numbers would die. Nobody would connect in again. So I just, I would quote the song. We'll leave that to our worship guys. Paul wrote, I want to remind you of the gospel. He wrote it to a church. That's striking. How easy we can lose the focus. So easy we can be diverted. So easy we can forget the power of the gospel. So easy we can look for strength in the wrong places. Oh, we need to be reminded. I feel as a church, as Jesus followers, as people connecting in, we need to be reminded that Jesus is our hope. He's our anchor. That Jesus is to be our focus. He's to be our, our, our refuge in this time. I wonder if we could remember, for those of us who uh, have accepted Jesus into our lives, who are living for him, that first time we prayed that prayer to invite him into our hearts. I wonder this week, as a, a practical challenge, if we could dwell on that, if we could almost journal that. What was the story leading up to that point? What, is, what, is, excuse me, what has God done since then? We're to be reminded. We're to be reminded. And when we live in light of, uh, when we live uh, reflecting simplicity with our walks with Jesus, he, he appears. He appears. I love Paul's account in uh, chapter 15, uh, the exciting rundown of when Jesus rose again. We see first Cephas saw him, then the 12 disciples, then 500 brothers and sisters, then Paul himself. And it just it painted a picture for me that, that when we live uh, in simplicity, when we uh, not get bogged down by everything else, but focus on Jesus, turn our attention and turn our eyes to Jesus, remember who he is and who we aren't, that we see him appear. Just as he did in this account when he rose again, he appeared to so many, that if we are to live in light of that, Jesus will appear. He'll appear. And I imagined us at the end of this year just recalling all the times Jesus appears in our lives. Like, oh yes, I was on a Zoom call with my family and then 
my aunt was just said out of the blue, is there more to life than this? So we decided to journey with her and pray for her. And she's met with Jesus. And then in my office, loads of people were asking questions and uh, asking what I believe. So we're doing an alpha course. And then in the pub where I'm dropping in and it's a bit of a struggle just now. The landlord was just uh, just asking, you know, what, what's all this about? I had an opportunity to, uh, to share what, what my sense is and, and Jesus appeared in that moment. He's to be seen in our walk. He's to be seen in our walk. Now, uh, about a year ago, I had to change my phone uh, because my screen smashed. And I tried to battle through with my screen smashing and it was quite awkward. It got to the point my finger was kind of getting cut by swiping the screen. So I thought, I better get a new phone. Uh, so I got a new phone, registered my Google accounts. And then after the first month, I got a report, a Google report of where I'd been. I was like, oh, wow. I don't even know where I've been half the time last week. You're going to give me a 30-day run-through. Brilliant. So how do we look? And it was quite concerning. Not to all the places I've been, but just that it knew everywhere I'd been, just to clarify that. It knew everywhere I'd been. It asked, like, cafes and stuff, leave a review. It just had everything down to a T. It monitored everything, all the steps I'd taken. And, you know, God, he really challenged me in the mix of that. And I heard him whisper, you know, where am I appearing in the mix of that? Where, where are you shining your light? Where are you being God colours in these spaces and places? Are you hiding me under, under a table? There's so much more. And in these places, our city is hurting. There's people that are hurting. And Jesus is eager to appear in these surroundings. You know, when we keep it simple, he appears. He appears. And I've been chewing over that and then I'm in a, a real journey with that, personally. What's it look like for Jesus to appear in the day-to-day -day and the spaces that we enter into? And uh, the heart, you know, the... the Outworking of that is chinwag in a sense for us as a church community and for me personally. And uh, I'd love us for all of us to chew that over. What does it look like for Jesus to appear in our day to day? In the passage that we read, Paul speaks of all uh, the spaces and places that Jesus appeared and the people that he appeared to when he rose from the dead. And he can do the same right now, appear to, to many people in all sorts of different ways by his spirit. And there's a wee line which God highlighted to me that spoke of the people who've seen him, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. How many of us are, are sleepwalking through this season where Jesus is eager to appear in situations where people are hurting, where people are questioning, where people are eager for hope right now? How many of us are perhaps turning our back to the opportunities that Jesus is presenting to appear uh, into? He's ready and willing just now. He's waiting. Ephesians 5.14 says, Wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. City on a hill living, light bringers. Simplicity uh, means that we allow Jesus to be seen. When we live with simplicity in mind and following him, he will appear. Bring him into situations. You'll be in situations like board meetings and walks and drives and dinners out. 
We allow him into the pain of our lives and share in the pain that our friends are experiencing and invite Jesus into them, into the turmoil and into the indecision, into the stress, the anxiety, the depression, the insomnia, the pain and the hurt and our past, into the last seven months and everything that's bubbling away in our hearts and in our minds right now. We allow him to show up when we would usually fly solo and battle on and squish him down. When we keep things simple, the opportunity presents itself. We surrender and then Jesus gets to show off. He gets to do incredible things and we see his spirit move in power. That's my heart. That's my prayer for this next couple of months as we look to share hope, as we look to get out into the city, as we look to love our city and we look to see people come alive in Jesus. And then thirdly, when we keep it simple, we carry faith and we remember what that means. This guy, Paul, had the most dramatic conversion experience in following God. He used to persecute Christians. He used to kill them. And now he's spreading the hope of Jesus. And I kind of, what's the equivalent of that in a movie sense, perhaps? It's a bit like Darth Vader or Scar from Lion King or Loki from the Avenger films. All of a sudden, mid-movie, being transformed, fighting the good fight. It was that much of a turn up for the book. Some of you are going, oh man, that would never happen. Well, that's what it was like for Paul. Nothing is beyond God this morning. Some of us need to receive that as, uh, as hope just now. Nothing is beyond him. Nothing is beyond him. If God can do it for Paul, he can do it for me, he can do it for you. And in verse 9 to 11, Paul details what grace is all about. That it knows no end, it's extreme in nature. He met God in a powerful way in the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, which you can read in your own time. Verse 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. There was transformation. Something happened. There was a recognition of sin, where he's went wrong. Verse 9, I persecuted the church of God. The gospel resulted in a change of character. Paul was a mess when Jesus found him, but he didn't leave him that way. And then lastly, it involves a redirection of one's life. He went on to share the hope. He went on to share the good news. I uh, hate application forms in all sorts of ways and all different mediums, whether it's applications for jobs or new internet or just the monotonous nature of application forms. And I remember when I was applying for jobs when I was moving here, you know, what makes you suitable for this role? I'd applied to be a postman and uh, applied four times and got declined every time, didn't even make it to an interview. And I tried to change the paragraph up each time, try and jazz it up, you know, what would make you the perfect postman? And uh, tried to come up with all sorts of witty things but didn't get the job. You know, maybe you are, are a Christian are not a Christian this morning and you're discounting yourself because of what you're carrying on your walk this morning. You know, you don't need to apply to have a Christian faith. You don't need to apply to follow Jesus, should I say. You don't need to fill out a wee paragraph to justify why you should be on board and in the church family. You don't need to apply to receive Jesus. There's no form, there's no test, there's no previous history questions. Don't need to get a reference from a mate. We just receive. 
We just say a small prayer, it's actually a big prayer and big things happen. A life-changing, transformative prayer. And the most amazing things happen. He changes us from the inside out. His spirit pumps through our veins and we are not the same. He forgives our sin, he gifts us eternal life and he fills us with his spirit to see him move here on earth. And uh, we have a mission. You know, if you're watching uh, with us, I want to urge you, don't just join us for the worship. Join us for the mission. Join us for the mission. We long for this place to come alive. We long for the city to know Jesus. And uh, we're just a wee church, a couple of years old, but we have big dreams because we believe in a big God. We believe in a transformative God. And if he can transform us, if he can transform Paul, he can transform a city, he can transform a nation. He's changed me. Part of my story from an anxious young lad dependent on alcohol for confidence, being the, the craziest, most extreme to gain friends, to gain approval, insecure about my acne and appearance, a people pleaser, and a worrier about every little thing and big thing into a child of God, a man created by God and loved by him, a man who still slips up and struggles, but knows there is a helper in me who never goes missing, who never gives up and who always forgives me. And I need him more than ever just now. I love Jesus and I owe everything to him. And I would love us all to remember afresh who Jesus is, to keep things simple or for the first time to invite Jesus into our lives. To remember that he is our hope right now. To remember that we can't do it alone. To pin our hopes on him right now. In all the questions, in all the uncertainty, we need Jesus. We need Jesus more than ever. Our city needs Jesus more than ever. And if you don't know Jesus this morning, maybe this morning is the day. Maybe you do know Jesus and you've been sleeping and this morning... He's calling us to get awake and uh, to get walking. Let's live this week in simplicity then. One or two anchor points with Jesus. Remember who he is. Remember the power of the gospel. Remember that when we keep things simple in our walks with him, he appears. And to remember to carry faith. He is a transformative God. Psalm 103, praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. He crowns you with love and compassion this morning, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen.